0: This is the premier podcast for late model dirt track racing. This is Forward Bite. Hosted by superfan and actual know-it-all Kyle Armstrong on the SpeedSport Podcast Network. Welcome back to another edition of the Forward Bike Podcast on the Speed Sport Podcast Network. I'm your host, Kyle Armstrong. This is episode number 12, and today we're going to call David Smith in Inman, South Carolina and get a little bit of his history and see what he's up to here lately. But before that, we'll talk a little bit about East Bay. So East Bay Monday night, Hudson O'Neill picked up the win. An absolutely crazy race Monday night. The cars, they every, all the drivers in the top ten said they could not steer. Everybody that was there basically uh, were just having trouble steering. The track was just so it was just so different than it's ever been. They said, and uh, it was it was very interesting to say the least. Um, so yeah, Hudson O'Neill picked up the win there, and that new uh, that new ride he's got. And then Tyler Herb won on Tuesday night. And then Wednesday night, some rain came in after the second B main. So they postponed it to the next night. So Thursday, Stormy Scott picked up his very first ever career Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series win. And then the race after that, the, the matinee, if you will, Josh Richards picked up the win in that one. And Stormy Scott was nowhere to be found. So every time they went on the track, it was just totally different. A different ball game. And then Friday, uh, Brian Shirley started on the pole and slipped back, and Brandon Overton picked up the win. And Friday, there was a little bit of controversy there between Mason Ziegler and Tyler Erb. Mason kind of slid in there and got into Tyler in the heat and the heat race for a transfer spot and pushed Erb back. Well, after the race, Tyler Erb retaliated, after the heat race that is, and Rick Schwally made the immediate call to go ahead and park Tyler for the night. So that was pretty uh, – that had – that had all the social media really up in arms and talking about that. And that was, that was a wild deal. So, uh, uh, so Tyler Herb, uh, and then, so Saturday night, Tyler comes back, makes the show and wins the show paid 15,000 to win. So he cashed the big check of the week after not being allowed to run on Friday. So that was very interesting to say the least. Tonight and tomorrow, the Lucas Oil Lake Model Dirt Series goes to Bubba Raceway Park in Ocala, Florida for two 10000 to win Lucas Oil Lake Model Dirt Series shows. And this coming weekend, Screvin's got the got the Cellar All-Stars on Friday, I believe it is, for $7,500 to win, and Saturday night will be the ultimate Super Lake Model Series season opener for $10,000 to win. And on those same nights, North Florida, Lake City, Florida, 8,000 to win and 10,000 to win Friday and Saturday night, the inaugural Florida Frostbuster. Already expected for that show is Tyler Err, Billy Moyer Jr., Stuart Friesen, Ross Bells, Tanner English, and many more. That race you can watch live on Pit Row TV in conjunction with Speed Sport this coming weekend. The Iron Man Super Late Model Series will be in action there. You can check that out. Coming up, we'll go to the phone lines and talk to David Smith. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Forward Bike Podcast. This is Kyle Armstrong, and we're going to go to the phone lines and go down to Inman, South Carolina, and talk to David Smith. David, what's going on tonight?
1: Oh, we just turned the race on, fixing to catch a little racing here from Bubba's. And, uh, wish we could be there, but some of us got to work a few days anyway.
0: Man, I know the feeling. I'm really, uh, really bummed out that I'm not going to get to go to Florida this year. and uh, It sounds like maybe you'll get to go and use use my camp spot, so hopefully you get to do that.
1: Oh, I'm looking forward to it. I looked at the weather today, though. I'm thinking about going the first of the week instead of waiting the end of the week. The weather looks to be a little more favorable toward Monday and Tuesday than it does toward the end of the week.
0: I got you. Well, David, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna i talk to you about it on a, on a weekly basis, but I'm going to ask you some questions. Tonight I've never even asked you before, if that's okay. Heck yeah. Well, well David, I know you uh, kind of grew up in a racing family and a racing background, but how did you get your start and around what time, what year was that?
1: Yeah, like I said, my grandfather's owned and promoted racetracks for over 50 years as I was growing up. And I always grew up at the racetrack, you know, working around there, cleaning commodes and working in the session stands and flagging and watering and rolling it in. Just anything had to be done. You know, it was all a family thing as we were growing up. But uh, uh, in 81, I actually started go-kart racing and uh, won 16 races that year and uh, never raced any more go-karts after that. My dad was still racing at the time. So um, he wanted. He said, "If let him run two or three more years, and then when I got out of high school, I could start." So actually, my first race was in Langley Speedway in 1985, the day after I graduated, uh, in the Goodies Dasheries, which was a NASCAR 4 center. It's been called quite a few names: Baby Grand and good, you know, a lot of different things right. over the years. But uh, so that was my first race. I'd made my first laps at Hickory Speedway. They used to let you practice every Wednesday up there. So that was the first laps I ever made. Uh, so I, I run probably five or six dash races that season. With I think ninth being about my best finish at Greenville Pickens, and then, uh, but my heart was on dirt. So uh, I built me a dirt car that next year and started racing toward the latter part of '86 and '87, and uh, quite a bit through '88 still dirt race. And then started. And then at that time, I bought me a pavement car because it felt like if you really wanted to go anywhere and race it, you had to do the pavement stuff. So. I guess 89, I kind of got my feet wet. And then 1990, I, I uh, won the crack champions NASCAR Winston Racing Series champion at Anderson that year. And that was the last year that it was NASCAR until like three or four years ago it went back to NASCAR. but So, and then I'd run some of the Concord Big Ten stuff through the, throughout. And uh, uh, the NASCAR Sportsman Series, I'd won a race at Charlotte Motor Speedway in May of 93 that week I run third on the Winston and second on pole night and one on Saturday before the, it was the Bush series back then. So, um, and then kind of got hooked up with Bob Blake and got some truck series stuff going at the end of 95, the very first truck race, they had Phoenix, I running it. And then over the next, uh, 96, I might've run 10 races and then ran one race in 97. That first one at Homestead, the one that John Hunter got killed in. That was the last one I ran. Um, and then, so I decided to come back home and, um, uh, quarter in the family business there for, till the end of that year. And then we and Dinah have been up buying our own salvage yard in 98. And also I bought another dirt car in 98 and hadn't, hadn't really looked back since then, Yeah, it was supers for about the first, you know, up through about 06, 07, 08, maybe up through '10. I might've run some super stuff off and on, but pretty much it's been crate racing the last, I don't know, eight, nine years.
0: Well, you've got a lot of things there to unpack in that. Well, I, I, another question I want to ask you is, how did you land that number, choosing the car number, number 11? You've pretty much had that number your whole career.
1: Yeah, and my dad run I always run 11, too. And I actually, when I started out, I run 22 for some reason. I don't know. I kind of like that number, and I run it for a little while. And then, actually, it, it, I guess when I started the payment stuff, I went back to 11, and it's just kind of stuck with me ever since. I drove a lot of different people's cars and won in a lot of different races, you know, race cars for other people. But. My, my main number's always been pretty much 11. When I ride, won that race at Charlotte, it was a number 67. I would never pick that number, but it actually was an old Buddy Arrington car that I won in. Uh, a guy out of Fauston uh, up there, Bobby, uh, he's passed away in the last year or so. I can't think of his name, but that, not often enough, But he fixed that car and put a clip on it. And uh, Dick Schultz, um, just been a racer around this area, but he he fixed that car for me and, and uh, crewed it and kind of helped me.
0: Yeah, I remember you had told me about that Buddy Arrington car and I thought that was kinda neat that you won that yeah, race in the yeah. sportsman series. Bobby
1: Wellman was that guy's name. Bobby Wellman's who I was trying to think of. There
0: you up. go. How was that how was it racing in that sportsman series? Was that a real was that a thrill coming from the short tracks and jumping up and running running at that track like Charlotte?
1: Oh yeah, so like I said it was gonna be a stepping stone at first and, and I and I had a lot of success, but um it just seemed like so many people were over their head and you know, and trying to cars Probably if they would have went a little faster, we had to let off. It would have been safer and better racing. But actually, the uh, you would just hold them wide open, and you had to have them so free that some of the people just had a hard time driving them, and it uh, got them in a little bit of trouble here and there.
0: Yeah, that that they had to put a stop to it there eventually. Some guys got yes, killed. and did. You know, it was sad. Safe. Yeah. No, like,
1: but like I said, I think if it had changed the rules around this a little bit and 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 made some changes, that it would definitely it would have been you know a, a really good stepping stone for people that wanted didn't have a lot of money, you know, to, to make something work. But like I said, it faded out.
0: The closest thing I can think of that today is iRacing. They've got the street stocks on there and they make you start off at Charlotte and the street stocks and their top speeds about 135, and you can't, uh, you can't lift. And that's, that's pretty comparable to what you guys did in those days. <laughs> oh,
1: exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I got to run it. Pol- I got to go to a lot of neat places and race back then, you know, with the sportsman series and the truck series, got to go to Pocono. And like I said, I went to Phoenix and went to Las Vegas, got to race at North Wilkesboro and, uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, so.
0: Well, when you got that, when you got going in that truck series, I've never asked you this, but did that, did that make you, uh, really think that, man, I might be, uh, this might be something where I'll be racing with Rusty Wallace and Dale Earnhardt here in another year or two, if I pick off some of these wins.
1: No, we're really, when we started, we were really underfunded, way underfunded and we were doing all we could to make some races and, and get there and had one motor and one truck and you know, and I didn't, I already got up, I was probably close to 29, 30 years old at that time, too, see. So it's hard to, uh, they were picking young guys. And and the, when I was in a truck series, that's when all the 15 or 16 or the 20 of the cup owners had truck teams. You know, Darrell Walter had one, Jack Roush had two or three of them, Richard Petty had one, Pickle was driving it, and um, Earnhardt had them with Hornaday and several of them. You know, so it was really tough anyway, you know. So, but um, you just, it's hard to outrun that dollar.
0: It is. <laughs> it always has been that way, hasn't it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, the, the super late models, you kind of got back on dirt, you know, after that, after that truck deal got, got over and, uh, you uh, had some pretty good success there and a few, uh, big super late model races. I know probably, i I'm guessing it may be your biggest win to date was that 2002 UDTRA race you won up at Thunder Valley in Lawndale
1: it was that was uh that was a, a real big win for me and a lot of good cars and and then dwayne hummel raced really hard that day and then actually the, they only had like two fall brawls i guess far fall brawls they called them and i won one and hummel won one. some you know of course later on some people picked the name back up again but actually thunder valley had two of them and i won the first year and he won the second year but that was pretty pretty neat but i guess over my uh I think it's about my thirty six year dirt racing, but like we counted to go cars, it'd be uh, this would be my fortieth year racing, but I wanted over thirty different tracks in my time, and that's that's pretty neat to me to to done that and and, and won close to three hundred wins, you know counting everything you know but uh it's uh but I still don't want to quit, I still like to stay after it, and as long as I can be competitive, I want to try to keep racing.
0: What were some of the, what were some of I mean, were, all the big names were there that night when you uh, won that race. I think you outrun Scott Bloomquist and Rick Eckert and a bunch of them.
1: I did. I had to pass Scott like three different times. Every time I would pass him, the caution would come out. And um, I was the only one that made it to the whole race on a 55 tire. And everybody else, a lot of them, uh, Scott made it all the way to like the white flag. So finally, I passed him coming to the white flag. And I think he finally blew on the white flag map. But I passed him four or five times in the last 10 laps and the caution would keep coming out. But, uh, there were some real, real big names and all that racing that race back then. And a lot of them went home. There was probably like 65 cars. You used to draw a lot of cars in the, in the South back at the blue gray and the, and that fall race, you know, it was, it was a big thing back then.
0: Yeah. They're so split up now throughout the country. Now, all these different sanctions and races, it's hard to get so many in one place at one time anymore. It is. It really is. What were some other uh big super wins you had or any or some memories from some of those early like ex- i know you ran that extreme dirt car series uh I think you won the points if not won the
1: points yeah there yeah. wasn't that many races that ended up that being. South we tour. Were it was a south tour I won and pd ivy we ended up being second and and uh I think, I, you know, like I said, i won 30 different tracks and quite a few wins. But I've, I think uh, I don't do it every year, but I've won this, this fast track deal like four years in a, in the championship. I think I've gotten like 11 or 12 championships over my racing career. So that's, yeah. that's a pretty neat deal to me when I buckle down and try to do it. But it's kind of there again when you run a business. It's hard to, to do that. Honestly, being gone and being away and locked down, tied down, trying to follow every time in case something comes up, you know. How, but I won. I won on the the Southern All Star Series, the Carolina Class Series, and the, uh, you know, a lot of the, the uh, top late models, deals that were going on at the time.
0: Yeah, I remember being at some of them races and seeing you win back in those days. I was just I was just a kid eating uh, eating a corn dog in the stands back in those days. <laughs>
1: yeah, at Langtry, I guess it was one of the first times I ever raced for the class series, I'd want to... The uh, five was a 5,000 win one of the better, bigger races that it actually had at that time, you know, back yeah. then. So, um, started like seventh and got the lead on lap three and uh, everybody was up high and I dropped to the bottom and passed them all and took the lead. And so that was a pretty big win for me. That was the same weekend. I, I brought Jonathan Davenport on the, and, and raced him that whole week. And, uh, so we, we raced like, uh, nine races in seven days. Me and Jonathan did, I had a two car hauler at a time and had two cars and he was trying to. Get something going. He was pretty much, you know, just needed a, a break and make something happen. So I put him in a car and got him going. He won one of the races at three eleven that week, and I won at, uh, um, I won at Lawrence and uh, Langster that week. So we, we, we and then he won so three wins between the two of us that week. Pretty good week.
0: What year was that? Two thousand six. Two thousand six. Yeah, that mm-hmm. you've known. Uh, you've been right there. You've been good buddies with Davenport for a long time.
1: Yeah, he lived with us there when he's trying to get going, and, I, and like I said, I knew I couldn't afford to keep both going, and I was going to get away from Super the next year anyway. But um, I got him hooked in with Hamrick and got him a first few, few uh, good rides there, landed for him, and helped him get going. And and uh, it's, it's really turned out great for him, you know, to be able to do it for a living. And which he's always had a talent anyway. He had a rough week last week, but uh,
0: but uh, you
1: oh, can't deny can't deny the talent he's got.
0: Oh, he'll turn it around. He'll probably win tonight since we're talking about him.
1: Yeah, he's second. I just look at now, he's second in uh, Group B qualifying results. Bronson's up fastest, and he's second Ricky Thornton's third.
0: He gets around that track good, Bubba. Yeah, it is,
1: and that's a really different place. I've only been that one time, but it's, uh, it was just quite tricky.
0: David, how did you get the nickname Hollywood? How did you wind up with that? Petey Ivy. I don't really know why. It's always stuck. I guess it was <laughs> my hair or something. I
1: don't know, but Petey's going to give it to me. A long, probably back around 99 or 2000, and it's kind of
0: held on <laughs> i thought maybe you had it longer than that no that's pretty much been since pete's the one to give it to me but i can see Petey being the type of guy to give give somebody a nickname you're probably yeah, not the oh, only yeah. one that he's nicknamed
1: and we talk about it every day we've, we've remained friends for a, lot of, a long time and you'll call me this, with this uh, uh his son Trent. you know getting a, getting his program together and hoping for a little better season than they had last year and uh, just um i've found a lot of good friends i mean there's, I, it's like my second family that racing family would have been close to a lot of people over the years and, and uh, wouldn't get would take nothing for the memories i've made over the years
0: i agree with you it's almost like whenever i, I go to a race it's almost like the camaraderie and seeing you and seeing all my friends and everything's almost better than racing most of the nights
1: oh no doubt. like i said growing up in a family other uh, family racing with dad and granddad and both granddads actually you know and then I got a ton of support from my wife Diane and the kids and all we were going up and me and her go and do more now with the racing. and Then you know, of course, when it was, we had kids at home, it was a lot tougher. But uh, this weekend, me and her piled up in the motorhome went racing this weekend, just me and her. So we can make it work. It's a little tough at times, but uh, it's, uh, we have a great time though.
0: Recap your weekend right quick. I know you went to Scraven and you uh you had a pretty good, uh, pretty decent weekend down there, didn't you?
1: Friday night started out kind of tough the um racetrack just uh was so cool in the 20s and low 30s it uh would never really clean up for qualifying and I, I went like 10th and I was fastest at the time I went but it just kept getting better and better from, from then on. I ended up like 10th so but that so that night wasn't too good but the next night uh a little bit better we set fast time and ended up running third but we had a good race and probably was uh, a contender to win and I just probably made some mistakes I shouldn't have but uh but we were in contention. Anytime I can go and be in contention, I feel good about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I like that Cody Overton. He's going to be pretty good, isn't
1: he? He is. He's a good friend, and we talk a lot, and we've helped him a little bit on his program and stuff. And it's all about the young guys. And, and this year, I'm, I'm in are going back to that rookie program and that mid-E602 this year. We put up the money for the rookies. So I think that's where it's going to come from and try to get some of the young guys more involved and and uh, and make a name for themselves. And, I've even raced a couple of young guys and helped them along. and But when they get to where they know more than you do, is you about have to get away from them, you know?
0: <laughs> That's right.
1: <laughs> I think they do anyway. That's right.
0: <laughs> well, David, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll come right back, and uh, i I got some more questions for you. Okay, bud. Welcome back to the Forward Bike Podcast. We're here talking with David Smith today. David, you uh, kind of transitioned from those super late models and kind of went crate racing and you've won about everything there is to win in the fast track series. I couldn't find exactly how many races you'd won on in that fast track series, but you probably know. Uh, but what is it about the crate late models that, that drives you to keep doing that?
1: Well, when I really made the the change to do that, it was the the late model motors were 35, 40, $45,000 a piece at the time. And, and and that was during Obama times. And I decided (laughs) I wasn't, I wasn't going to keep continuing trying to, you know, do it. It just, Didn't really have a lot of help, and that 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 was starting to kick off. I waited a couple years before I changed to it just to see, you know. But and then what? Another thing was I was going to have to keep traveling to do it because nothing local would 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 even have supers anymore. They were had done phased them all out pretty much. So, uh, um, so I I guess the first year '07, Harris's little speedway next next to me, like 15 minutes up the road from the house here. I won pretty much all of the crate right? Me and buddy Smith, I know, you know that name. So yeah. me and buddy, we had a heck of a season. We, me and him won about all the races there that year. And it was a battle and I won the championship. And, and, uh, so kind of got started from there. And then, then I, the next season, no, eight, uh, kind of ventured out a little bit more and didn't really kind of tra- travel around done Some fast track stuff I won every fast track race I went to that year, but I wasn't racing for points and then, uh, must've been. I guess 2010 is the first year I chased it for the points and won them that year. So, um, then won it for like four different times and got beat out a couple of times, just had some rough luck there, but, um, great series to, to you know, to get started with. And, um, now, now I'm running more than 602 stuff. I still will run some, um, 604 races, fast track stuff every now and then. And, and then, then the run up, I guess last year it might have been last year I run a super race or two with Kenny Lamb, back at Lavonia that ultimate race and uh, you know there's a chance i might run a little bit of super race with some other people this year i've been asked about running one or two here and there so i may do that again it's not that i don't want to it's just, just i don't want to spend that money anymore
0: i agree with you there yeah I, I knew that was probably going to be your answer but it made for a good answer yeah <laughs> the uh but yeah you uh so you about about that same time you uh got a you got hooked up with tnt race cars and you've been with them over a decade tell us a little bit about why you uh, choose to run that chassis. I know it's not a really popular brand name chassis that everybody runs, but uh, but they've got the job done for you, haven't they?
1: Well, they have. They've been super good people to me. Tony and Therese and Mick and all the ones up there, boy, have been great. And uh, actually a friend of mine that had bought a car and was going to race himself, and um, I took him a time or two and helped him practice, and he figured out that it really wasn't for him as far as driving. So um, I started driving his car, and that's the car I actually won with in 08. And nine know, one about all the races we went to and then um i ended up buying him out and um the, um actually they built me a new car for that first championship season i won the championship right out of the gate in their car in 2010 um but they have been awesome people to work with you know and like i said i, I really don't know that i'd have to keep get back and look but i know it's been over 150 races you know with them TNT.
0: so yeah you've done uh you've done them a good job over the years
1: yes sir oh yeah and like I said they've been good to being good to work with and it just suits me you know it's not that i've drive other people's cars and different ones this year i won a longhorn or last year longhorn at screven and then i've won a rocket at levant hartwell driving max miller's car sometime and then, and then also i want him on the tnt stuff so i think i won like 10 races total last year and didn't rub up 20 so
0: yeah, I think a lot of people are really, whenever they see that open trailer come through the gate with your car on it, they know that uh, a lot of times they know they're going to be running for second, or they know you're going to be up toward the front. What is it about that open trailer that suits you so much?
1: Well, like I said, going by myself a lot. It's too damn aggravating to unload out of an enclosed trailer if you don't have no help. So yeah. I, can, I can get it on off that open trailer by myself. So <laughs> if I need to stop and go by the car wash or something, it's convenient. And if I'm going to go somewhere for a couple of days, and I don't know. It's, it's just... Good about get in. I can back it at the house here and Or come in late and I can get another yard here with it if I need to. So
0: it just suits me. Yeah, you really got a good looking trailer there. I like that thing. It's got that. It's got that little living quarters or whatever there on the front, and then it's got the got the car oh. on the back.
1: Yeah, that no, actually we've sold that one. I've got a different one now, but that was okay. really neat. That was a nice one. Fusion had built that one, and they went out of business. But I'd like to have another one like that. That thing was really yeah. trick there
0: yeah i got you i I was not aware that you got rid of it Mm -hmm. yeah i got you well you uh i was at uh livonia last uh well back in december there and uh you know you're talking about super late models and everything i had the uh, stopwatch on you during your race up there and you were uh i know the track was real slick dry slick that day but and by the time it was feature time you're running just as good a lap times as those supercars and uh and your 602 late model not saying i mean i don't know if you could have. Now the qualifying, yeah, yeah, that's
1: the qualifying so is what would have hurt you there. But you could have raced with them, you know, on, on certain conditions, you know. But, but the qualifying would just get you way behind. But, um, but I like that place. That's one of the places. That's one of the last places. My granddad. Well, he actually heart was the last place, but uh, he had Lavonian. So just a lot of memories and all with it and Hartwell and Anderson. And uh,
0: yeah. Tell me a little bit more about your grandfather, uh, Charlie Mize. They always have that Charlie Mize Memorial down there at Livonia every year. That's
1: it. That's him. Yes, sir.
0: And just tell me a little bit more about him and what he did and what he meant to the sport. Cause I don't think that story ever gets told.
1: No, well, I know. I, I'm just going to try to get him in the hall of fame up there at Florence. So he was one of the first ones. He, he was the, so much of the safety stuff that's out there now. He was the one that pushed for, it. uh, fuel sales, uh, racing suits, racing seats, you know, good seat belts, uh, um, just anything for promoted for safety, you know, um, um, putting starters on race cars, cause that was the main thing that he was known for, but in the old skeeter days. he had to push everything off, you know, and he was going to do away with, if you couldn't get them to crank on their own. He wasn't going <laughs> <But, laughs> yeah. to, there, was, there was, there was so much, it, he was the first one that brought NDRA to, uh, Livonia, the first big race ever in the South. He put it on, paid 6,000 to win. And he had several more, he, he went in with Henry Fur up at, um, Concord Concord, broke the first Indy show there, and Cherokee CL one. So he was, he partnered up with Smalley and some of them guys, and and uh, but he just he, he just really kept pushing all the time. He was all about the big shows and and plus taking care of the locals. So but he it was he loved it. He spent his whole life dedicated, like I said, over 50 years to racing. So.
0: That's amazing. I've got that uh, NDRA history book, and it's got some good information in there on on some of those NDRA races. And
1: yeah, it's got his picture in the ones that the, the guy guy Tennessee put together. So it's got Grant Ed's articles, some of his stuff in there, and his pictures in there, and all. It's pretty neat.
0: Yeah, Greg Fielden just put one out a couple years ago. He's the one that put all those NASCAR history books out. And uh, oh yeah, and that book is really. Really well worth having. It's a it's a gem for any race fan. You know, I'll go ahead and plug it now. I mean, that's a good. It's absolutely. uh It's worth having for sure. But, and
1: Greg was around a lot for racing when the IndyCar was going on back then. He was he was one of the photographers photographers for that back then, and there's a lot of good racers. You know, when you get you wouldn't have heard, or probably fact hadn't got started, you wouldn't have heard of the Larry Moores and all them guys to come down in this way that raced and Rodney Combs and Billy Moore. You know, all the ones. That, jerry inman and it was just tons of them that were great you know
0: well it's good that he kept all that stuff in archive that way he could uh put that book together all these years later because that's really a gem yes sir for sure what uh what's some other big races or what's some things you got coming up here for this year that you're gonna go to and race
1: um really don't put a schedule together because of business wise. And I help a, a, a guy named Jim scoose that uh, started back racing. He's in his sixties and TNT's building him a new car and he's wanting to run probably 10 or 12 races this year over TR speedway. And so I'm going to be kind of committed to help him, but uh, I'm going to follow up the six Oh two bandit series. Cause I think it's going to be spread out enough that, you know, that run the little points deal for that. And I'm probably going to run some with the, the, um, the new little series that I was talking about. We're going to help with, uh, mid 602s and then um you know just kind of picking shoes always run i like going to Livonian over here harris um probably gonna drive another guy's car at bristol i'm not gonna take them on i'm probably gonna drive for somebody else there again it's five days kind of drawn out so
0: yeah what do you think about I that like race at me. bristol are you looking forward to that? yeah i ran the
1: first time back up there in 2000 drove scoop harris's car and um so we're kind of looking forward to going back
0: well you've got some experience on that place what was that like going up there and racing that that weekend
1: it was pretty fast it was awesome we didn't actually make the show i missed it by like one spot i think me and bill fry got together coming to the white flag and they were only taking two or three and i was one spot out but but we you know we would improved all weekend when we were there
0: so um they had about 250 cars there that weekend There was so if a bunch of them oh you, my gosh if you missed it by one spot, that's kind of an accomplishment.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I wanted to be in, but just didn't work out for us, but
0: well, that's cool to hear that you're going again, but I'll tell you what, David, you, uh, I mean, I know you, uh, race and everything, but you seem like you get just as much of a thrill out of going to see, to, to, you know, spectate races just as much as I do. And, uh, we get to go to a lot of good races and see some stuff too.
1: Oh man, I enjoy it. You know, me and my wife get together and go and, uh, i've been to fairbury and eldor many many times and pollution but just anywhere the bigger shows i'd like to go the indoor race i've been to all of them but one and just, just anywhere there's a uh, you know i miss i miss the old guys i mean i know it's changing up and all but i miss the freddies and ronnie johnson and larry moore i miss a lot of them it's Buck, you know it was you know my granddad started buck off at, that there, you know he raced with my granddad back in the 64 65 you know so um, yeah, Bud Lansford. You know a lot of them guys that you don't hear a lot of anymore, but they were the they were the childhood heroes. Uh, Leon Archer, Ray Allison, Doug Kennemer, Charlie Hughes. I mean, there was just tons of them back then. This.
0: Yeah, for sure. I remember uh, back in 2014, there at the World 100, I kind of sat with y'all up in the stands there on the back stretch, and we got looking around. And in that section we were in, Freddie Smith, Donnie Moran and Larry Moore were all sitting right there and the, the I same know, exactly <laughs> watching the race with us. And we're like, Yes. Man, those mm-hmm. are the guys that we grew up watching and now mm-hmm. they're just sitting up here enjoying it like we are. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that's just but cool. I've
1: always been a fan too. I mean I love to race too, but I mean I'll always be a fan and Try to be a part of it as much as I can, you know.
0: Well, I think that's cool. And I, I know we've got some. Uh, hopefully, we get to go to Eldora this year and take the campers up there and enjoy all that again. Oh, that I'm looking good, forward to that. Oh, no, it's big time. That's a great atmosphere up there. It is. Yes, sir. You're not going to be
1: anytime somebody's on the racetrack, it's good racing. through the whole field, you know.
0: Exactly. Well, David, i tell you what, I appreciate you coming on the show today. And, uh, I guess that's about all the questions I've got for you, unless you got anything else you want to talk about.
1: No, I appreciate you having me on, but you know, like I said, we've been able to promote some races over the years, so I'm not saying that that won't ever happen again, either. You know, like I said, I'm gonna try to do my best to stay involved in it and, and, uh, try to take, keep it, keep it strong and keep it going. Cause like I said, a lot of things have changed with generation and generation gaps and so need to try to keep racing going strong.
0: 10, 4. well i i do i do have one more thing i want to add i heard you say uh the other week that you liked uh racing at the big cherokee speedway half mile uh versus the uh versus the track it is now i just uh i know you got the race on that big track what was it like compared to, to today
1: it was just much faster but i i enjoyed the racing back then you know and i which i've won races since it's on the, since they've changed it too and i like it I guess my biggest win was going to come in the uh, in 06 in the Stick Elliott race. I was leading it up to like three laps to go and I broke a control arm and it, it actually had started breaking because I could feel it was going on and all but I messed around and let Casey Roberts get by me by coming to the white flag but that was going to be huge to win that Stick Elliott race. I've won the Preston Humphreys Memorial a couple of times. They used to have it at Thunder Valley up there. That was always a fun racetrack. I never did race there after they shortened it up but man that was a that was a fun place when it was a big racetrack, you know, yeah. but I've wanted a lot of racetracks that are, you know, shut down now. So it's, uh, like I said, I wanted over 30 different tracks, but got great memories in a lot of places, but you just hate to see them shut down.
0: Yeah. It'd be hard to put a, I've been to over a hundred tracks and it's going to be hard to put together a list of, uh, you know, to re- really top some of these older guys. Cause, uh, there, there's not going to be as many racetracks around, uh, in the next five, 10, 15 years. That's why we got to get out there and support the ones we've got and enjoy
1: it oh exactly like east bay i'm gonna to try to get back down there next year i've raced down there quite a few times and i want to get back before they whatever happens happens down there
0: yeah me too i've never have been to east bay and i want to make sure i check that one off before it's gone
1: but i like to say i've had a lot of tremendous help and and uh, backing and and uh people that's been good friends and uh really made sure that then i was able to have good stuff you know like i said from family support and uh, business has helped me over the years and, I, I, and a lot of product people I've had some product sponsors that have been with me over 20 25 years and it's you know I try to do what's right for them and, and uh, they've always' been good and took care of me so I, I mean I couldn't do it without a lot of the product people and the, the, the friendship that, that I have that's, that's been able to make it possible
0: well david i think a lot of people are going to enjoy listening to this and i like i said i appreciate you coming on and uh we'll have to get together and do it again sometime i'll come up with some more stuff to ask you here at some point uh, i'm right. sure <laughs> for sure i'll
1: let you get well, back thanks to for watching. having me. i sure enjoyed
0: it I'll, get, I'll let you get back to watching the race tonight and I, who's your pick tonight who are you gonna pick man i don't know
1: i like devin moran i like you know I like some of those young kids like i said that have come along and and Good hard racer, and he's and he's always good. And Houston O'Neill, I think it's going to be good. So I, I like to see these young guys race. You know, and it's, it's not that the old guys can't win sometimes, but this, it's just the young guys seem to make it a little more interesting.
0: You know. Oh yeah, we've got a bright future ahead of us if those guys, if that talent sticks around for sure.
1: Exactly, that's a couple of good ones for sure. And their dad, I mean, I raced with O'Neill and, and Donnie Bose, so it's uh, they were good racers too, good hard clean racers.
0: Well, David, like I say, I certainly appreciate it, and I enjoyed it. We'll talk to you good soon. Deal.
1: Thank you, Kyle. Appreciate you. Thank you.
0: Another episode of the Forward Bike Podcast is in the books for this week. You can catch us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and others. I'm your host, Kyle Armstrong, and I appreciate David Smith for coming on the show, and we'll see you next week.